Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Finding someone on an online Catholic dating site shouldn't be like shopping for a blender. So why do most dating sites leave you feeling like you're shopping for a spouse? At Catholic Singles, we connect members through our unique user polls and activities, which help you discover other members and their personalities and interests. Because you're a person, not a profile picture. So stop shopping and start discerning. Trust your love story to the original Catholic dating site and use the promo code BREADBOX at checkout for 20% off at catholicsingles.com. Hello, Anne. Hello. Call recorder is ready. Hi, Keith. How are you? Doing well. Oh, sorry, this is my first time using it. My guess is, is that that's us starting our recording. So we can uh, <laughs> Good edit job. Yeah, we can edit out <laughs> the first break in, in any case. Uh, how are you? How's your trip going? Uh trip is good. Landed in Vegas day before yesterday and um, had a great 10 days of filming different uh, victims and witnesses on this documentary, the Fast and Furious stuff we've been working on. And uh, we're yeah. cranking the shows at night from wherever we are, and uh, we keep going. So smooth rolls. Yeah. How are you? Well, I'm doing well. You know, we're uh, getting prepared for a bug bombing session today for tomorrow, so we're planning on being out of the house. But uh, it's uh, more of just the same here at work and dealing with different technology things I think all of us are dealing with. I, I swear that it, it's it's within the business model of some companies to have put on their customers the extra time to work through certain bill issues. Um, and that uh, it seems it just seems um, like it would go so much smoother if the technology, they were honest about how it works. Um, it's almost like you mean there's dishonest people in in the in the in the in corporations out there. <laughs> they ain't so, Joe. Come on. Yeah. I don't well, I mean, it. it's it's I, I really it it just bugs me being a person who's set up systems to see people use them in such a in such a way that it doesn't make sense. Like if this was like 30 years ago you would be more upfront with your customer about how the system works so everybody could try to make it easier. And instead we're trying to make it harder so that people get worn out. <laughs> it's to me, it's, it's like, uh, like the Howard Stern model for advertising uh, or for keeping people's eyeballs connected to a TV is just, it's stuff like that has gone just so far that it's created all this extra work. That's completely unnecessary. But yeah, you just go down the street to your local mechanic, and you'll you'll find somewhere in there there's some dishonesty to try to create extra work or extra payments. Um, it's totally by design, you, Keith. It's totally by design. They want to keep you in the machine and constantly in the state of turmoil, where you're always battling something. Because if you aren't, if everything is working as as advertised, then you could have more time to take a look at the the bigger problems and the things the 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 corruption behind the corruption, <laughs> which is essentially 
what we're just now figuring out, right, that there's always been a bigger play of corruption and graft and, and just a debauchery behind the scandal. They've, they've given us little, you know, that your washing machine breaks every five years, your refrigerator needs to be replaced every five years. You know, it's like you have this terminal obsolescence for everything, which just constantly keeps you having to work and feed the machine, pay your taxes. You can never get ahead kind of st status for the majority of people out there. And it's, they've come to accept it because it's the norm, like you said. You know, they, they do it to you intentionally. But why are they doing it intentionally? When my parents had a refrigerator, a, a freezer and a refrigerator that is 50 years old today. Because back then, Sub-Zero made machines that worked forever. The fans may have died or whatever, but the refrigerator itself has never stopped working. Like, it just always works. So there is a way to make things work for a long time. But there's an yeah, intentional design flaw to have it crap out now, to profit on it to um, keep us also, and like I said, this con constant state of chaos so that we can't pay attention to what's really happening. And well, there, and that's, that's what's going down. That's so true. Even when you, when you look at uh, just anything to keep you busy, what is it? Uh, it's distracting from the, like back in the sixties, they were saying that America was getting so advanced in the technology that we would be go shifting to a four-hour work week for everybody because we had done, we had gotten so far into the curve. And mm -hmm. the opposite has happened. Now people are working uh, extra jobs and stuff just to stay on top of everything. And, you know, people don't realize that the fear, the pushing of fear as even a value system, like that they're doing the coronavirus now, now fear has become, you know, we have to look at it as a, a virtue almost as a way in a way to keep us distracted and busy and you know keep that forward momentum of what what do they say in uh, propaganda that if you say something over and over and over and over and over it makes it somewhat true in somebody's mind and if people are too distracted and they're too right. busy just trying to get people you know right stay in their lane they don't have time to even look at their own internal biases because they're so frustrated they're so frustrated from their own day to day and then it's, it goes to even when you're, like, raising a child. Like, there's purpose in, in doing education. But the purpose in doing education is about teaching people how to learn, not in teaching them what to learn. <laughs> and that's it's the, the big difference that that's right. where, you know, a child should be growing up to learn how to learn so they can continue the process of developing and doing better. But when you get to, you know, the actual job, you're going to learn more in six months than you will in all of your schooling because they're not teaching you. They're, they're people farming you. They're preparing you to be in a position where you just do what you're told. And that's, right. that's important. That's important. At the same time, what uh, Elon Musk said, it's a, a college doesn't really prepare you for the job market. What it prepares you to do is, I'm trying to remember what he said, is a, uh, prepares you to be able to, to accept an order, which, you know, is important to the point that it makes sense. And we focus on solutions in the economy rather than this continual bombardment of, you know, mm -hmm. uh, media that, you know, wants us to, to keep not moving forward in, in learning and getting past that hike of just busyness for the sake of busyness that we could actually excel. Like there's nine plus cures for cancer out there that have been known, some of them for 25 years, and yet we're still utilizing 
Cancer Awareness Month as an ability to sell, like, tons of coffee, as an example, or retail. That's stuff. right. And so there's no profit in the solution. The profit is in containing the sense of fear that we have to continue. And some of these organizations are 75% of what they're making goes into administration, not even to, to any kind of research. And so That's right. It just It boggles the mind that if we just stopped and just focused on solutions, um, would we even have any of this business? And that's, that's a really good question. Like, but that's an educational to... question, Keith. That's an educational yeah. question. That goes back to the redesign of our entire education system when we took it out of private hands, out of the families, where, you know, families got together. Look back, you know, look back to the days when we were in covered wagons and traveling across the country. There wasn't so much organized schools as there were parents that got together and educated their kids based on their discipline. And kids had on-the-job training. That's why you had, you know, blacksmiths with, with uh, you know, with the, uh, uh, what, were the, what were they called again? When they went in there, they were the, um, uh, they were the ones that were learning. I can't think of the word for it right now. Brain fart. Okay. Anyhow, you know, but I mean, this is how it was very much on-the-job training. You grew up on the farm. You learned how to, you know, raise cattle and, and plant seed and grow crops and do all that stuff, things that were life-sustaining. And back when I went to high school, we had home economics. You had shop class, metal class, wood class, all these trade classes so that you could actually do and produce things. And you're right. All they do now is teach you how to memorize rotely, teach for the test so that you score high on the standardized testing and the school gets grades because they get more money the higher the standardized test results are. And it's just feeding the machine of idiocracy and, and robot kids, farmed kids, as opposed to kids that actually think, and can understand intuitively how things go. And that's, you know, for kids, the whole STEM program has been so diluted and farmed out to the Asians, per se, and, and the Indians. And Americans have had the STEM stuff basically punted out of this country because that's actually teaching you how to think. Calculus and arithmetic of, of all levels teaches you if this, then that. You've got to balance the equal sign. And in America, we've dumbed the kids down to just memorize the dates on a test memorize these, um, you know, these syntaxes, and that's it. They don't really want you to read that much anymore. They're, uh, and even in a homeschooling situation, there's some really good homeschool programs, and then there's some really bad ones, because the bad ones that are out there are the ones that are just doing exactly more, re more repetition of just repeat after me, memorize, spit it out, but don't understand why, and darn it all, do not ask why. They don't like why in public school anymore. Because they don't want the conversation. They just want you to accept it as is and move on. And until we address that problem, we're not going to be able to move past the problem we find ourselves in right now because the ability to learn and understand how to learn is, uh, and try to problem solve is, is, has not been taught in kids. Kids are not taught that from day one. And that's the biggest problem we have. And we've got to revamp the entire education system, which you know, leads me to Betsy DeVos's position at the Department of Education. I just always assumed she was going to go in there and just basically say, okay, we're done with this department and basically detonate the building, not literally, but figuratively just abolish the Department of Education because I really don't see them doing anything except handing out government subsidies that get squandered on things that have nothing to do with teaching kids how to learn. They're just teaching them how to memorize. So well, here's, and here's we, that with that is, you know, it only makes sense, like, every time I think of, like, the Department of Education or another, any other department, is that, you know, 
there's got to be a point where we've come to the optimal level of, you know, what education is, that we don't need to continue to reform, 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 reform. We're just creating a sense of business for the sake of business. Exactly. How does that, how does that affect um, the kids? You know, because if you, if you end up continually altering and shifting something, it's like, even in business, we would go, you know, don't break it. If it's not, if it's not broken, don't fix it. You know, just, uh, it makes no sense that we're having, more and more need for a like larger department when i saw trump put in like uh like betsy or anybody into the departments that they really had a philosophy to be against i saw it as a really a really great move because they would have that rub of you know caring for the people involved but also wanting to you know limit the regulation whatnot which could allow for uh freedom of growth like in uh, a, a pastor friend of mine once asked me when uh, Catholics and Protestants were all doing, some of the Catholics were doing the same Bible study as the Protestants in the churches in the area, but he said, he asked me, he said, Keith, why isn't everybody doing it? And I said, well, not every parish, not every parish in the Catholic churches is, is focused on that same thing. Everybody's in their own, you know, different kind of um, situation. And so, it's the same with the Protestant churches. Not all of them are going to want to do that same Bible study because their congregation is in a different place. And in you used to have in the negative education system a dynamic like that where we're teaching people to think and learn by asking them to ask us better questions. And right. instead, if, it, if, you, if you go into a situation where it's just do what I say, you're, you're focused on just continuing the flow of motion and continuing a flow of motion isn't necessarily growth you could almost call it anti-growth because you know there's not a, a chance for anybody to you know everyone's just trying to tread water basically during a storm <laughs> that's continually perpetuating mm-hmm. on the sands or something rather than you know teaching people how to build a boat and 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 ask questions how do we build a better boat and maybe we've gotten that's right to the point, maybe we've gotten to the point where people think that well you know everything's on the internet it's like flooding the internet with information that anybody can prove anything essentially with whatever information they want to quote unquote say is the truth makes it absolutely challenging in due diligence it's it's like when you when you get to a point in learning due diligence there's a point where you go okay well they even if they try to scam you on their due diligence it's nigh impossible to do but people still try to do it you know um it's a it comes a point where you just go, you know, are they like in the media or in movies throwing out their ideas and concepts so that they become relaxed in people's minds so that they would never think that people or, or they have this trained within them how people would think about a situation when truth is really stranger than fiction. You find out that a lot of these things like the, uh, that you're reporting on, like the, uh, uh, the dollar, the uh, the Fed, which is a private organization, it's not a uh, government right. organization. It has government oversight, but not not to the degree of is. Uh, it's like just nice branding, you know, <laughs> Federal Reserve. But it's these things that you know we don't want you to question. Like no, you don't want to question what an IRS agent has the authority to do versus what they're told or assumed to have the authority to do deep questions like that that people just kind of don't want you to be asking you know and if you do ask it's like 
you know, people want to give you a contract that is so far one-sided to their side. And if you ask any question about the contract, um, well, they just don't want to deal with you as a customer because you're not an easy person. And even though if you went with the contract and it was all their sided, most of the time I found that people still want to try to service the customer anyway, even if it's technically against their contract, as long as it's an easy thing. But if you are smart enough to, to know what's going on with the contract, you know, people, they want to push you around. They want to push you out because you can be, you have the propensity mm-hmm. to infringe upon their time when they don't have time due to all the other business they have already That's right. with whoever else. So it becomes you a said, perpetual problem. You said something so interesting at the beginning about, uh, you know, technology was supposed to get us to the point where we only had to work four hours a day and all technology is done is tangle us up to expect more out of people while they're also making it ever more complicated, while we feel like we have leaps and bounds, you know, we've made leaps and bounds in tech, with technology that have, obviously we've had some incredible achievements thanks to technology. But at the same token, it's also made things very complicated because technology is always competing with other technology and therefore they don't play nice in the sandbox and, you know, information sharing can be difficult at times because tech doesn't talk to other tech, et cetera, et cetera. Um, <laughs> the, the, I guess the point I'm trying to make with all this is when you when you look at where we are as a society and what we've become dependent on, we're becoming dependent on the very thing that's strangling us. And yeah. it's also, in some aspects, uh, being weaponized and used against us. As we've now learned, technology has been harnessed to track us and capture all of our information that we willingly signed away with the Patriot Act because we thought we'd, our lives were in danger and that we had to. We now know that that was a complete fraud and that we've all been set up and everybody's part on, in a big club and we're not in it, uh, with the exception of President Trump, who is trying his hardest to free us from that slavery with obviously the you know, uh, recovery of the Fed taking it all over and putting it out of the Treasury, but also all the deregulation and all of the uh, trade deals that he's you know, basically jettisoned with TPP and uh, the uh, NAFTA and others that he's now forming new trade deals with and, and partnerships with so that we are getting more, more for our buck, but more importantly, we're taking back the industries that we farmed out. And uh, when it comes to the technology aspect, we basically signed our lives away and given the CIA and all the bad actors out there access to every bit of our lives willingly and some unknowingly. But at some point we have to recognize that that's not what our country is about. It's not about giving away our freedoms in as much as it is uh, beho- you know, uh, su- supporting and honoring what our constitutional freedoms are, what our founding fathers fought for, why we are different, why everybody wants to come here to this country. It's what was given birth 260 some years ago when our founding fathers said enough's enough. We no longer are beholden to the crown. We are living for ourselves and as we're giving everybody the same opportunity to do, the, do whatever they want, just, you know, just give them the, you know, the, the uh, religious freedom to do what they want, but do no harm to others. I mean, that's really the federal government's role, and we've allowed it to just grow in this monolith that includes education. And for some reason, people think the Constitution says the government owes us health care, which is the furthest thing from the truth. The government doesn't owe us any of that. You know, it's incumbent on us to take care of ourselves while the government protects us from other people harming us along the way. That's the role. And Americans have to be re-educated again that the government doesn't owe us a living at all. They just owe us, uh, you know, they are there to protect us from both enemies, foreign and domestic. And, you know, that's the, 
that's the biggest problem. It goes right back to the beginning with the education. Well, and they and they talk today about social media and other forms of technology as a form of addiction that increases dopamine and purposefully so in our brains and whatnot. And and at the same time, those same platforms that have done that are also now where we receive our our news, our media. If we are not as conservatives in part of the conversation on those platforms, then we leave that open for them to essentially do whatever they want and with with no pushback. But, but here's the thing. It's it's the cross, really, when you go back to it. It's the cross. It's, it's the cross of saying as President Trump is facing right now with all that you had said, is that if we allow free market, what happens is that eventually the the ex, the exposing of that and what's happened and what's going on becomes the story itself. And, and as long as we allow them to mess up and allow them to, you know, have those problems that they have, they have created is that over time, truth reveals, just like allowing somebody to read whatever book they want allows the individual to have God come in and reveal himself to him, the truth in love. Whereas if you don't allow them to mess up on their own and make those mistakes, it doesn't flesh out the good, the bad, and the ugly to the, the common observers. And in doing so, you know, we're able to make some sort of, you know, distinguishing. It's, it's like when seeing, um, when seeing Zuckerberg up against the, the, uh, he was he was testifying at uh, I don't know some sort of, of thing a few years back, and he was asked specific questions about like people within his company. That, that I'm thinking to myself, you know, he's the leader of the company. He's going to shield whoever that is in the company, even if he knows something good about, good or bad about it, because that mm-hmm. employee should be you know micromanaged or whatnot. At the same time, you know, it's like. When I have a lawyer ask me a question about a piece of technology and what went wrong about something, they want to answer it from a lawyer point of view, which is, you know, yes, right. no, definitive. From a technology point of view, if something goes wrong with a, with a program or, or a website or whatever the technology is, saying I don't know doesn't mean you don't have the capability of knowing. It means that you have to do troubleshooting to figure out what is wrong. And so it could be something that could take two weeks. It could be something that takes two minutes to fix. But in a legalistic point of view, you know, in how you should get answers to questions, it reminds me of the guy from Catch Me As You Can, the, the guy. Leonard Caprio. Yeah. Well, not Leonardo Caprio, the guy that he played. Um, oh, the guy that he played, right. He was. He's kind of known as a really – uh, big guy on detecting fraud, and he's 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 supposedly the biggest best car artist ever. But he he says today that people do do so much more, so much quicker than he ever could. That today the, the market is so flooded with fraud that the best thing you can do is do prevention. Because um, whether you're talking about like a lawyer versus a tech guy trying to get an answer to a question, it becomes there's become so much miscommunication and all that. And due to, you know, what's happening, you know, across the board, whether trusting the FBI in some of these regards to what Comey had done, whatnot, is that people have a hesitation in telling the truth or to 
bringing forward, you know, an, an I don't know answer like the like the uh, tech guy would because of how it's interpreted by the lawyer or by the investigative body in such as that a wink and a nod uh, might get you more than actually, you know, looking at the evidence. And both times people want to say, oh, it's miscommunication. Well, there's miscommunication. And then there's a purposeful inclination to police who it is that we want to police and why we want to police them. And that's, that's, that's not organized law and order. That's organized crime. <laughs> and now you've, now you've just unrevealed how the entire governmental body around the world is working. They're one giant organized crime unit, and that's what's coming out. Yeah, it's, 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 I, think it's, I think what it's so unfortunate about all of it is that when you go back to, like, those, those nine to ten cures to cancer that are already publicized is that we, we have known about them for so long, and it's sad to see the pain and the struggle that people go through. Um, they have a positive ion treatment that attacks only the cancer cells rather than uh, the bad cells of the cancer, not the healthy tissue. Unlike uh, what's that? Uh, the chemo that attacks all the tissue as it's, it's uh, and and radiation so, and chemo. Yeah, it, it's so sad to see all of that happen just just for the sake of of money and and to, to business. It just breaks your heart for the families and the people that go through stuff like that. Oh, I know. I know. I, I'm a survivor. I've survived cancer twice. Believe me, it's it's expensive and it's just awful. But you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Thank God. And yeah. uh, you know, I agree. There's uh, what we're learning right now, and I I've actually stumbled on some of these, and then I've heard about it from other people's shows I've either been on or what listened to. But I take hydroxychloroquine prophylactically. After speaking with Dr. Zelenko, and I talked to him pretty regularly anyway, and a couple of the other doctors um, that are the frontline doctors on this COVID stuff, not only have we learned COVID has been completely blown out of proportion. I mean, I knew from day one coronavirus has been on the back of a Lysol can for years. I mean, this has been a virus we've had for years, and everybody's had a common cold, so we all have these antibiotics for coronaviruses. So all these corona tests are a joke because pretty much everybody's had the common cold. So you have the corona, you're going to test positive, Okay. That's number one. But more importantly, there's been a cure for it. I mean, you could have avoided all this. Since 2003, we knew that hydroxychloroquine killed H1N1, and 2005, we knew it killed coronavirus. So why has Fauci been covering this stuff? Well, we know why. It's all about vaccines. I mean, that story's already told. There's nothing revolutionary. Revolu- re- there's no revelations there. So yeah, when you put it in context of of the bigger picture and the global machine and how much money is, is being made and pilfered on the back of everybody, it is going back to who's in control, who has power and who's expendable. And with, you know, seven and a half billion people on the planet or however many there are now, I've lost track. It's, you know, they see us as expendable. They don't really care. And it goes back to us being, you know, we have to be good stewards of ourselves. And if you just spend a little time and you just Google on the NIH website and start looking at things like I did when I started taking hydroxychloroquine, I noticed ancillary benefits. My skin was getting better. My hair was, I have a lot of it anyway, but I have a whole bunch of new hair that's growing on my head and uh, my nails got a lot better. And I was like, that's interesting. So I started looking into different disease states and Googling hydroxychloroquine and a disease state. And what did I find out? Lo and behold, when I started looking at different cancers, but that there's 12 cancers they've been studying HCQ 
and how it actually kills the cancer cells. And they've been doing this for years. This is not even like new news. But do you see it published? Is anybody talking about it? No, because the cancer business is trillions of dollars. It's huge treating cancer around the world. Why would they want to cure it? It's a cash cow. People go to medical school to be doctors. Think of all the medical schools that make money. It's just a giant business. And it's, it's anything but humanitarian. It's all about the almighty dollar. And while the, uh, you know, everybody that's against this president is all about, um, the, you know, saying they're a big humanitarian and it's identity politics and Black Lives Matter and on and on and on, where are they when it comes to truly making a difference and saving lives with this stuff? Why are they holding back technology like this? And there is what I think the, the best is yet to come. Keith is really all about what we don't know had, that has been under our noses this whole time. And President Trump is going to pull the, Oz, pull the curtain down and expose Oz and say, here's what, we, here's what we could be doing all this time. I had to fight all these people to actually have control to be able to, you know, to, to reveal all this to you. And I, I'm excited for that, and that's why, you know, Steel Truth is focusing on the transition to greatness. As soon as the election's over, we're already moving down the road on transitioning to greatness and bringing all the content out there on stories like these so that we can share them with the world because this is not just an America thing. It's a humanitarian thing. And, I, frankly, I feel like we're stealing, the, um, we're stealing the bedrock of the platform of the Democrat Party by talking like this, but the Democrats talked. They never walked. It was all talk. And if you truly are an American and you care about your fellow man, you don't care if there's an R or a D. You care about that they're, they're happy and successful and that their families are healthy. That's, the, that's really what the bedrock of this country should be, around, be about and that you're free to do what you want to do without harming somebody else. And uh, we need to get back to that. That's where this country needs to get back to. And by bringing on, uh, you know, changes that are going to impact your health care and changes that are going to impact your take-home pay, to make it so the family unit can be restored and the mom or dad can stay home and do the heavy lifting and raising the kids. I think you're going to see that be revolutionary to not only this country, but worldwide. It's going to have a massive impact because now you're looking at the global good. You're looking at humanity. You're not just looking about the next car you're driving or if your house is bigger. People are going to start to care about what really matters. It's going to transition everybody to greatness. And I don't think people know what great really means anymore. They think it's having more stuff and I do believe this president is going to actually show us that even though he's a billionaire, he understands what greatness is, and it starts right here in the family. And that's, you don't have to look much further than the Trump family kids versus the Biden family kids, and it pretty much gives you the answer you need to know. Well, I'm just, uh, we're, we're, we're over time, and I just want to thank you for your time, And Anybody who's listening, Steel Truth, Anne is doing some fantastic work. Uh, I've never seen, like, there are things that if you if you're really studied and you know, know your stuff, you will see Anne revealing stuff on her show that nobody in the media has the guts to reveal. It's just like there have been people who have been fired from position, positions within media organizations for saying just just even a little tiny sliver of what Anne covers on her show. And it's just <laughs> amazing. It is amazing and beautiful to, to see you out there and just, just talking about this stuff because nobody talks about this stuff. They experience it, and people either, you know, they either know about it and are complicit in it or they know about it and they're completely frustrated with it. And people who focus on the emotion as true over facts being true, um, as GK Chesterton said, that would eventually become, you know, the, the pivotal point of where people lose trust is that 
if you're frustrated for the truth, people want to deal with you less, and they create more problems for you. And right. it becomes extremely difficult because they are either one in the know, like I think Project Veritas does a lot of work in that, or they My are former just, boss. Like, they're just ignoring. Yeah, they're just ignoring the fact that that this is happening, and maybe even taking advantage of it. And that's just, it's by far worse. It's, it's evil. I think that we're going to see a great revealing of, you know, people um, in that, in, in both sides of that. And the people who are out there really fighting, telling the truth and trying to expose where p- people are being harmed purposefully, intentionally, even if you that's go right. just down to the, to the auto shop and confront what they're doing wrong in regards to, uh, you know, giving you a bill that may not necessarily be necessary at all, or it just so um, if you all get the chance, Anne is and what's your what's, what kind of pl- what platforms are you on that they can? They well, can we're on YouTube. Through? Yeah, we're on YouTube and we're on the Global Financial Wealth Network. We're also on Periscope and Facebook Live. If Facebook some will stream us, I mean you can usually find the Steel Truth. But if you go to Steel, you have to actually type in the whole word, whole word, two words, Steel Truth. Because uh, Twitter, excuse me, YouTube does not do auto-predictive for Steel Truth. You actually have to type it in and hit search, and then you'll find me. Otherwise, you won't. You'll think I don't exist because they just are censoring us that badly. But people are still coming. It's all good. And you're right. I will go there and say things that most people won't. Uh, I do do my best to make sure it's fact. I do actually, I am a conservative, so I do have my own perspective on things. But I try to be, I try to temper it with reality of the situation. You know, so many people want it to be, you know, panacea that President Trump has just got a magic wand and is going to fix it all kind of a thing. He's, he's working his butt off, his level-headed butt yeah. off, and he needs good people around him. And he needs people to take ownership in the country the way he has. He's working for free, and it's cost him a lot to do this, but it's because he loves this country. And it's incumbent on us to do the same. We all have to pitch in. This is all of our country. We all need to be good stewards and good patriots. And... uh you know, protect what we have because everybody else outside this country wants to be in here. So we need to be judicious with who we allow in to make sure we get the best of the best. I, I wholeheartedly am praying and I hope everybody just take a moment to consider to pray not only for the future of the country and its people, because it's people are really who need to wake up, but to recognize, just as you said, that Trump, unlike other politicians, has gone into office not to get wealthy, but to do some good. Uh, right. Just I just talking the other day with my wife, just remembering the stack of papers in his first hundred days of office, I believe it was that he showed that he had cut the regulation on, um, and just how much how important it is to recognize that our lives, for the most part, are regulated so much more today which really back in previous world wars we fought against that kind of deep regulation of you know license for this or this or this or that and that we fought so hard against it and now it's anyway but uh thanks thanks Anne, for coming on i'm gonna oh. i don't know how to cut this off here so i'm just gonna hang up and uh maybe we'll catch a catch another catch it another time awesome keith thank you so much and keep up the awesome work on your daily principles, it's um, good, you know, you're a man of God, and we all, we need more of that in our lives, and I'm just glad this president is one that wants to be remembered as the president who prayed the most, and he did say that to Pastor Paula White, so I think that's something worth noting. 
That's that's amazing. Yeah. Thank thanks, you so much. Everybody. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seeing the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.com. Dot app slash breadbox.